0: Too crazy for Boys Town. Too much of a boy for Crazy Town. The child was an outcast.
1: When you go to the men's room later, you'll see a sign that says, Gentlemen, pay no heed. Go right in. There's no room that says, Scoundrel on it.
0: You want to be a thug. You want to smoke weed and play cards all night, punk. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. He has the grace of a swan, the wisdom of an owl, and the
1: eye of an eagle. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is for the birds.
0: And so that'll make it a 4-0 ballgame. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. Dolph, did you ever figure out what was going on with Korea? When you tweeted that, hey, uh, what the right? hell is shit going on with Korea? What the hell was going on? Welcome back. It is not here to argue. I am here. Jam is here. You are here. For some reason, you are still here. But nevertheless, we got a lot to get to today. Jam, I watched your Celtics last night. In person? I watched them in person. That's right. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have five takeaways. Pick a number. Five. Trey Young has two games. He has two games this month. One of them was last night. One of them was some other time this month, I presume. <laughs> um, where he didn't make any threes. I just thought that was per, peculiar. Like he was old for I think six last night, and it's one. It was like I, looked, I was like, I looked out. was like, he did He wasn't shooting well. But you look up. It's like he didn't. He didn't a single three. I was like, What's the last time that happened. Like two weeks ago. And uh, I don't even have like a stat or an observation. That just felt bizarre to me. These
1: news rules got them fucked up. Mm-hmm. Can't even take threes anymore. Well, I guess it, it took th- six of them. Missed yeah. Them all, he,
0: <laughs> it's Adam Silver's NBA. The players do whatever they want. They take threes. They don't make them. They wear hats on the sideline. It's it, it's it's a mess. Pick another number. One through four. Two. <laughs> This is the one I was hoping you would pick. <laughs> I think Grant Williams could lead the league in scoring. And I'll explain. Because I would never, ever guard him. Okay? Every shot he gets, it feels like he, like corner three. And to his credit, he I think he's hitting a good bit of them this season. He hit a good bit of him last night. But I would never, ever guard him on that. Never. So it could be a thing. It's like, man, Grant Williams is taking 15 corner threes a game. He's hitting 52% of them. Celtics are at 20 and 62. It just, I just don't, like, you just don't have to worry about him. He'll hit him sometimes. Sometimes he won't. But outside of he and Tatum, nobody else can shoot. That leads me into number three. Y'all can't shoot for shit, man. It's really concerning. No, nobody It's no really can't. It. It's, uh, I, it's 32% on the season. Last night, Grant Williams and Tatum were eight for twenty. That's forty percent. Everyone else was three for twenty-one. That is not forty percent. So, wh- is it just is it just people can't shoot? Is just a, what's the deal? People can't shoot. <laughs> okay, okay. Listen, that was my uh, <laughs> that was my first inkling. But as someone who who doesn't watch the team every night, I was like, like Marcus Smart, he missed shots. That checks out. Schroeder, I've seen him miss a lot of shots in that very arena. Uh as it would appear. I don't remember how many Al Horford. Al Horford's another one. It's like he just leave him open. He's just he's not gonna shoot enough to like make it count. It's like hey, they left him open 10 times. He'll shoot it twice and do a dribble handoff the other eight times. Like I'm just not really concerned about that. Um the other takeaway, that Tatum guy, he's all right.
1: I mean, yeah, you saw – I don't know what you said to him before the game, but you must have whispered something in his ear because that's first good game in a while.
0: I was going to say, I. it looks like he's on like a one one good game every five games or so average. Um,
1: well, uh, you want to know why? Because every me. single team packs the paint and says, I dare you to pass it to Grant Williams. <laughs> and then he yeah. does, and then it doesn't go in. Even though Grant is like percentage points off of a 50-40-90 season right now. Yeah, that's what I'm
0: saying. <laughs> Like we're gonna look up. It's like, man, last two months, Grant Williams is he's averaging 26 a game. People just <laughs> don't guard him. Um, the Celtics offensive rating is 27th of 30 or, or like whatever it is. He's just not, uh, all threes are not created equal. I guess I say that to say. Um, I got one more left, it's number four. Pick a number
1: four. Nailed it.
0: Good call. Um, John Collins really doesn't get a single play ran for him. <laughs> like not a it's kind of like sean marion vibes like i would i would say not i feel like not as laterally athletic as sean marion um but as like explosive as sean marion and a better shooter and i think he finished like 20 and 13 last night and it was just like man it wasn't a single time i was oh john collins has mouse in the house uh i don't know how many like pick and roll is like set design plays and he's still just getting 20 that's the take. I got one takeaway from uh, last night's game. Hit me.
1: That Cam Reddish fellow is awfully athletic. He was doing some p- defensive plays, are like, where the fuck did that come from? Mm-hmm. And then some offensive plays that were also like, where the fuck did that come from?
0: Listen, the Cam Reddish experience. Um, it's one like between Hunter DeAndre Hunter's out, didn't play last night. He won't play for a while, I don't think. Hunter Herder and Reddish. It's like man, Herter gets going on offense, and you're like man, can't stop him. Reddish gets going on defense, you're like man, he's he's everywhere. Hunter was kind of like the combination of both. Never on the court. Never on the court. I think he's twenty three or twenty four, and he's missed not even the the games he's missed. It's more so that it, like just knee injury. I think it's the same knee two times, which is just concerning. Um. But, yeah, you, if you catch one of the games where Reddish is hitting shots, you're like, this is the best player in the league. And if you catch a game where, like, Herder gets a couple, like, tip steals or something, it's like, this is second team All-NBA first? Um, that, it so.
1: just happened, that was last night's game. It was uh, mm-hmm. Herder in the first quarter, and then Cam Reddish in the second half. It's like, oh, the Hawks are up by 14.
0: It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Gunner was there. I enjoyed that. Young Thug was there. I also enjoyed that. Jason Tatum was there. I, I could have took it to leave it, but um, not a good team. Those are the observations I have. Both that was talk- The Celtics and the Hawks are not good teams. No, the Haw- Hawks three in a, three or four in a row. I think they're like again. No, it's like no DeAndre Hunter. I think Dang Gordy Dang just came back. I think the rotation's starting to figure itself out. Oh yeah, I got I got a six observation, uh, a bonus one. Lou Williams, man. oh boy. This is tough. It's tough because he, he, he's from the area and he looks the same and he's so cool. And the shots go up and they look the same, but they, they don't they don't go in the same. And it's a point where like he plays with Delon Wright. They're the backup guards. It's like at the very least, you know Delon Wright's gonna def- try to defend, maybe pass a little bit. If Lou's shot's not falling, it's just it's bad business. Um, so I'm worried about that I think you'll be fine but uh, it's like now the 36 year old guy has been in the league for 14 years it's it's definitely a slump and not a sign of anything bigger it's definitely definitely not
1: you know small guards always uh, hold on to
0: their skills for yes. throughout their 30s you know what they say the lighter you are the longer the career um, is what I was told Anyways, are you a movie guy, Jim? You look like a movie guy.
1: I, I I enjoy a film from time to time, but I wouldn't say I'm a movie guy.
0: Okay. Okay. There was a, a, a tweet. Um, if you could show me that, that letterboxed tweet. This is from, here we go, yesterday afternoon from Letterboxd. It says, you can only keep four films on the list. Which four do you choose? Which uh, which four would you? I'll, I'll just read some of them while you're thinking of your fourth. Wolf on Wall Street, Taxi Driver, Shutter Island, Goodfellas, Hugo, Casino, Raging Bull, Cape Fear, Jesus, Mean Streets, The Last. I mean, y'all know what movies are. What is, what is uh, the
1: common theme of these movies? Is just like these are the best <laughs> movies.
0: I, I thought the common theme was movies I haven't seen. I've only seen <laughs> Wolf on Wall Street, so I keep that four times. That's my answer, and I say uh, that because people were wildly surprised. And I was like, "Are these like are these only like Tarantino films or something?" Like this does just feel like a random. Are they Martin Scorsese movies? I I couldn't tell you. It feels Maybe. like they're Martin Scorsese movies. Probably. Sure. Which four would you keep?
1: um the departed because i'm a mass hole sure the departed um, is on the list yes gangs of new york so you know who doesn't like a good story about 19th century gangs in new york and uh, definitely is that what that's know. about yeah the old uh, political machines of uh democratic machines of 1820
0: hmm. it's
1: actually a pretty okay. good movie daniel day lewis really fucked shit up in it I, that, It's a good one um i'm gonna never seen cape fear but there's a Simpsons episode basically based on Cape Fear, so I'm picking Classic. Cape Fear. Um, and then I guess I'll go with Goodfellas. I don't know. I watched Casino once; it's like a four-hour movie. It was terrible. Yeah.
0: And that's really what I'm getting to. People were so very surprised that I haven't see- like to the point it was like, "Did you go out of your way not to see these?" I yes. like, what? Is- <laughs> what- where did y'all grow up where they're just playing like Martin Scorsese films 24-7? What's this about? Just general disbelief. Like, I I've I've made it well known before. I've I've seen probably, probably 19 movies in my lifetime. Not a movie guy. And for that just people think I'm bluff. Like people think I'm lying. I'm like, why would I? You got me, man. I saw I watched the departed, bro. You got me. Uh you caught me red-handed. You're figuring me out, fucking, fucking poop. Um, but I, where would I see these moves? What, why would I be like, Man, I need to go watch some uh, I don't, Hugo? I don't even know what that is. I can, that was another Simpsons episode. Like, if, if these are all just like <laughs> slick Simpsons episodes, that was Bart's brother. Okay, so I've seen that, put that on the list. Um. Kate we got a, a we got a reference to rates.
1: Hugo in the in the intro Too crazy for boys town too much for boy for crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: exactly right.
1: Um Yeah, I don't just the maybe the, your you know, Italian heritage makes you want to watch Goodfellas? It's like yes, a classic I, mob I, film?
0: I was talking to my mama Mia the other day while she was making a good gabagool <laughs> and Yeah, I don't I, I like people were shocked I hadn't seen it. I'm like, I'm shocked. You're shocked. These weren't just—I was gonna say it wasn't like these, like the top 25 films of all time. I don't know how many I've seen of them either. But I thought I'd get credit for the Wolf on Wall. Like, what the hell? What happened to that? Thought I'd get a little pat on the back or something. Um, so I've learned movies. Saying you haven't seen popular movies and talking about how you eat your steak <laughs> is it two surefire ways to get white people angry? How you like your steak, Jam? Steak guy? Like, no, I hate steak. Steak's wildly overrated. Oh, oh okay. I'm listening. What we'll, we'll, uh, the talk? That talk? Why?
1: It's just not. It's just, it's a it's a subpar meat. I don't want it. The bloody it, like thing is not that appealing to me. I'd rather have a hamburger. I'm just not a big like beef guy. People go crazy for steak. You want to pay me ninety dollars for like a tiny little thing?
0: <laughs> stupid. For two knuckles worth of steak, uh yeah, i don't, you might got to you got some Irish heritage or something. I, the whites are gonna be mad at you, man. You like you gonna need some back Polish. You, what do you got in your background? You are gonna need some help, man. They don't like when you talk bad about the steak.
1: I got no, I know, I know. People have I've gotten upset, or people have gotten upset with me for this anti-steak tape. But I would never, if I ever go to a wedding, never. Actually, I was forced to eat steak last weekend at a wedding, and it was. It was bad. It just wasn't oh. enjoyable.
0: That's tough. Cuz you know like wedding steak, man, that ain't just any steak. They can't just serve any steak at a wedding. No, it's worse because they have to make 80 <laughs> have of, to them, make 400 400 of them. To make 400 of. Them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good take. So uh yeah, this is the anti movie anti steak podcast and this is Rudman just it just took off his head. He's like a <laughs> cancer. They'll never get another episode in this town. Oh my god, again.
1: Rudman definitely loves steak. Huge steak. I, <laughs> I I feel like I've Rudy, been to Texas Roadhouse with Rudman and watched him eat steak
0: <laughs> with his fingers, man. He's, a, he's an animal. He's an animal. I said, there's a knife right there. He wouldn't touch it. Um, I, I bet Rudman eat his steak like rare, like rare, rare. Well, he's a man's
1: man, of course. He,
0: yeah. Blue, uh, is it like blue where it's just basically gelatinous? <laughs> like you basically just, if you just walked up on a cow and just bit his ass. <laughs> That's what Nick Rubman's is like a little bit under a little. If you could just sear the sides. Oh, well, uh, yeah, you got to
1: sear it. If you don't sear it with, and add some appropriate <laughs> spices, it's not steak. But
0: And then you dip it in a nice ketchup. Uh, <laughs> it's something that, that is the one thing I know all state connoisseurs love. I went but,
1: to Bovine University.
0: <laughs> Rubman's like, I majored there, asshole. Don't don't talk shit about BU. Um, a mo- I watched a movie. Last week, not on this list, um, but a popular movie, and I can't stop thinking about it. I watched Moneyball, and I can't stop thinking about Moneyball. (laughs) It's the first time I'd ever seen it. Have you seen Moneyball? I have seen Moneyball. Did we talk about this last? I can't remember when I watched it. We've not discussed the the Oscar-winning film that is Moneyball. (laughs) (laughs) First, my main takeaway. I'm so glad they lost. I'm so glad that the Oakland A's didn't win shit. And it's not its not about the Oakland A's. It's not even about Billy Bean or Moneyball, the style or whatever. The gist of this is we got to try to win less for billionaires. You lost me right there. You lost me right there. Like I know it wasn't Billy Bean's fault. Uh, I know Oakland's like a bottom five team, like market or value or whatever. But they, w- they won three straight World Series in the 70s, made three straight in, like, the 80s, 90s. They're worth $1.1 billion. And I know, like, the owner now is not the owner then. I think it was, what, 10, 15 years ago when Moneyball um, came out. But the current owner bought them for $180 million in 2005. They're worth $1.1 billion. Like, I don't, I just don't want to ever hear anything again. About owners being cheap and it's I hate it because it's evergreen because basically the people are telling me like Tampa Bay is basically this now. They scout and scout and scout and Tampa Bay has been like really good. Haven't won a championship, but I think they made it twice. I know they made it last year. and I'm almost certain they made a couple years before. And so it's like, is is the style successful? If you can win but don't win at all. Is the style successful? Like, would you call the Tampa Bay Rays a success? Like, they're small market. They have a shitty stadium, but they're always winning ninety five, hundred games. Is that success? What say you?
1: It's the classic rings debate versus just uh, put feeling competitive. I, I guess so also, but no, the Rays aren't successful because, uh, aren't they going to move to Montreal? <laughs> like they're like clearly not drawing enough fans down at the trop. I wouldn't say that's successful. If you're forced to go to French Canada.
0: Yeah. Like, I I mean, they should probably definitely be moved, but it's like, let's do y'all remember the Expos. Do y'all remember y'all literally tried this. Uh, the Washington Nationals are not that old, but they moved to Washington and won a ring. The game's the game. Um, so I was looking at the it's a I mean, arbitrary cutoff, of course, but the top 12 teams in baseball, like the, the 12 MLB teams worth the most are the teams overwhelmingly in the World Series lads like that just seems to be how it goes. So at a certain point, like our, if they're moving the Tampa Bay Rays to Los Angeles, or. Can New York have a third team? Like, wh- why do we need a team in 10? Ten- if it's going to be, oh, man, well, no matter what happens, you know, you, you can't win there for long. Why are you there? That's what I don't get. Why are you there? If the A's are still bottom five, I get it. Everybody else bounce. Raiders not even in the state anymore. Warriors are like, we're going over that bridge and we're never coming back. And the A's is like, man, you just. Uh, we, let's sign David Justice. He's 44. Um <laughs> But he's the Scott Greek Hatterberg. guy. Yeah, Also, because it's uh, 10, 12 years ago, whatever. And I didn't know. I knew. Um, oh, man. Peter Brand. I can't. Jonah. What's his name? Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. That's the one. Um, And Brad Pitt. I knew they were in it. So imagine my surprise. They walk into the home of the family estate of Scott Hatterberg. Uh, and it's Chris Pratt. i I just (laughs) i just did not see that coming i didn't see ron washington being hopping bob from life uh (laughs) i just i wasn't prepared for how mlb trades work apparently you just like if you if you and i were going to make a trade right now i'd say jim get shapiro on the phone and you would just know what that meant shapiro would be available because that's how trades work you say it's me i'm jam shapiro and i say jenkins for smith and you just immediately know what i'm talking about um and you say no uh, no we we like smith and i say fuck you hang up and call me back in 32 seconds and Shapiro was like yes okay <laughs> everyone just went along with what <laughs> what billy bean wants to do and so they now. it
1: in that movie, that they had like three Cy Young award-winning pitchers, and that's why they were winning games. It's like, nope, it's Scott Hatterberg drew three extra walks. It's like maybe it's Barry Zito's twenty and four and has like a two yeah, ERA.
0: Three, uh, it was Mulder Zito Hudson, like three great pitchers. They had Miguel Tejada, literally the MVP of the league that year. I think he got mentioned like twice in the movie. Eric Chavez, who was just like Gold Glove All Star for five six years, and but no, it was it was a forty-two-year-old David Justice. It was that bad apple Jeremy Giambi, um, getting him. They had that guy had the nerve to play some music and dance after they <laughs> lost the game, man. If Billy Bean said, "What the fuck is this?" He was on the first thing smoking. A's never lost the, haven't lost a game in ten years. Uh, if what I understand about the movie is correct. Also, they talked about the twenty-game win streak. Do you know their record when they went on that twenty-game win streak? I have no idea. They were 68 and 51. There were seven, like they, they sold this 20-game win streak. Like, man, they, they just sucked and they pulled it together <laughs> out of nowhere and had the longest. Are they tied it or came? There were 17 games above 500, two-thirds of the way into the seat, like a comfortably a good team. Now, 20-game win streaks impressive no matter when, where, and how you get it. But if you tell me, huh, they had three Cy Young caliber guys starting every five games. The MVP and gold glove on the left side of the infield. Yeah. That that tracks. A good team winning games tracks. But you I know what have, they could have
1: used in the playoffs?
0: Hmm? You know
1: what they could have used in the playoffs? What's that? A guy who got hits and soft dingers and wasn't just to get him walked.
0: No. You're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. They needed someone who hit 132 but drew walks, the Greek god of walks. And also batting one seventeen, but now I need. How has there not been a Maury Ball movie? Like they love him that much. Like they would. You think like you could put actual NBA media people in like a movie, just have him like, hey, you just get to kiss Daryl Maury's ass on screen, and they'd be like, hell yeah. Maury was like, listen, Tori and Prince had half of the per of LeBron James last year, but. He's a third of the cost, Jam. So if I tell you I can cobble together three terrible wing players for half the price of LeBron James, is that something you'd be interested in?
1: Uh, as long as I can pay less money to them.
0: That's a that's the correct answer. And that's why Maury Ball works. Dylan Brooks, he's averaging one tenth of the points, Kevin Durant, but he's making one tenth. Who's really who's really getting the value there? It's all about optimization, you see, and efficiency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Billy, this is Blake Griffin, Lamarcus Aldridge and Nick Claxton. What if I told you they're averaging more points, rebounds, assists, steals and blocks than Joel Embiid and they'll all make the minimum and he'll make thirty one million dollars. Who would you rather have? Give me the three
1: guys. I can pay him less.
0: That's exactly right. Now, I'll take Joel Embiid. He'll just <laughs> dis- just absolutely just wreck your shit. Um I'll win the game, but you win the value. You know what I'm saying? I optimize the scoring more points than the other team, and you optimize the – I don't know what the fuck you optimize, but uh, <laughs> savings, saving money. Um, I, I mean, if
1: they- the uh, the GM union, the new GM union comes and they get the, the PR professionals, then maybe they will, we will have a movie coming soon because finally – GMs are going to get connected to PR, like and finally yeah, thank I'll have, you. I'll get connected to the media that they
0: don't have access to now. Yeah, I, you pull that. I think that came today, didn't like that was a today dropping story. Um, NBA general managers forming association to support executives amid Portland Trailblazers investigation. Sources say this was filed by Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne this morning. So this is about a uh, can you can you cut through this legal mumbo jumbo for us, Jam? What, what what's really the shake here?
1: They're basically I don't think it's a union, but they're creating their own like professional association so that uh, general managers, if they get mm-hmm. investigated like Neil O'Shea is for being um, bad people, Definitely. they're going to have PR uh, professional PR people and uh, lawyers there to basically support them because oh, you know. You know, upper management always needs a professional organization to uh, rely on.
0: Yes. This also feels like a very good sign. Everyone was like, hey, we don't have anything to hide. (laughs) We don't have anything to hide. And Neil O'Shea definitely did not do that shit. But if he did, we want to have our asses covered. Um,
1: if there was information, we'd want lawyers to be able to protect it and people be able to spin that information. If there was information, I just saw here that they're creating a constitution. I wonder what Ooh. the GM constitution is gonna be.
0: Oh my god, who I need to be on this committee. <laughs> I've decided I I need to be on this committee. Um, they've opened an LLC Ooh. and informed the league of their intentions. To form a group similar in purpose and structure to the National Basketball Coaches Association, I I'm just glad that these GMs they they make pennies on the dollar, they 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 wear suits from several seasons' uh, collection ago. They 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 get fired, get paid the money they're still owed. They have to go work as an assistant in another front office before catching on somewhere else. And now they get justice. Now they get justice. So I think we can all uh, tip our cap to Neil O'Shea, who he's like, listen, guys, if I wasn't such a piece of shit, this was required. You guys would still be I, you'd still be pieces of shit, but you wouldn't have PR. You wouldn't have an LLC. Um it, with declining revenue and dwindling attendance across the league coming out of the COVID-19 but yeah, coming out, we're definitely coming out of it. Um, many top team basketball executives are fearful. Portland is creating a blueprint for other ownership groups to invoke firing for cause and, <laughs> and sidestep payments on contract. Like, hey, man, I know I said I wasn't going to do that shit and I know I did it eventually, but you can't fire me for that, baby. I have an LLC. And lawyers,
1: how dare you fire me because I've created a shitty workplace environment? <laughs> <laughs> how dare there be consequences for me being a terrible leader and manager?
0: <laughs> Mr. O'Shea, your lunch you. here. Shut up, bitch. Um,
1: yeah, now what's it the. So, it, it sounds yeah, like that. what yeah, it's like. There's, there's right. reports like, oh yeah, there's days when it's just like, you know, not to talk to O'Shea because he's going to tear you a new one. That doesn't sound like a good manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sounds like they have cause. To fire him because he's not managing, generally, the organization.
0: (laughs) I mean, mean, what's he going to do? Fire a beloved coach and then hire a guy who they did not investigate his rape allegations at all to make this much worse? Maybe piss off his star player and send them into a funk starting the season? I mean, what? That is not cause, okay? It's called being a GM. (laughs) <laughs> he should get the right to squander his players prime and pay $75 million for uh, uh, Kent Bazemore and Evan Turner and Alan Crabb, whoever else they signed that one summer. And more importantly, he should be able to treat people terribly in and around the office.
1: And still get paid. I, the, the organization is fine with terrible GMing as long as they get paid the remainder of their contract. That's the key thing here. Wait, don't want to get here. fired for cause and not make millions of dollars.
0: And this is where I, I, I wouldn't consider myself a victim shamer. But this paragraph makes me think about, now go up a little bit. Um, here we go. In his nine plus years running the Blazers, the NBA has received no calls to the league office or its tips hotline alleging workplace complaints against O'Shea. The Blazers' human resource department received no complaints on O'Shea until recent week. <laughs> So what wh- side is it? So he he apparently he was doing bad stuff and then they started reporting it. And now you're trying to get him out of here for that. I thought this was America, man. Like, where, <laughs> what am I missing?
1: In the entire time I produced this podcast, I've not been convicted of a felony. and right. so.
0: <laughs> I mean, listen, once you get that uh, uh, podcast producers LLC started, go felony crazy, man. Like, I extort arson. I mean, do whatever you want.
1: I've always wanted to launder money. Embezzlement seems like a fun felony. Go for it.
0: Oh, well, I don't have an LLC yet. I need to talk <laughs> to other podcast producers. <laughs> Your work is cut out for you. Um, yeah. Just to receive no calls. Like it couldn't be. Okay, oh, yeah. No, you're right. That's how this. Yeah. As we saw
1: with uh, the sons organization, the NBA has a clear infrastructure in place for uh, reporting these things. They install a secret phone in every building, yes. <laughs> and that gets used frequently. People aren't fearful of their jobs for no, reporting you, misconduct.
0: You walk into the GM's office, and if you pull on his uh, copy of uh, The Art of War, the phone pops out. You dial that that secret line. And it goes right to Adam Silver, and you say, Neil O'Shea is doing bad things to me. And Adam Silver says, "You got the wrong number." And he hangs up. He says, up.
1: Shut the fuck up! Yeah, he's, <laughs> get back to work.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and you say, "Yes, sir, Mr. Silver." And O'Shea gets a raise. I think that's how this. Uh, I think that's how this goes. So uh, we won't have to spend all. I just wanted to take a minute to salute these brave GMs for standing up um, for what they believed in, and it's had no complaints until we started receiving complaints nobody else th- <laughs> nobody else <laughs> thinks that's kind of kind of shaky um i thought it was uh innocent until proven numerous allegations and complaints have been filed against you but i guess that's just that's adam silver's nba and that's joe biden's america and i uh i for one support it i for one support it one more thing. This is something we touched on last week, but since then more deets have come out. Uh that we talked to some Alex Caruso last week. Like last week, he went on the podcast with JJ Redick, talked about how the Lakers weren't really trying to keep him, to be honest. Now, since then, uh <laughs> I think the athletic just they had this story written six months ago. <laughs> I feel like they just had to you know plug in some some names, a few things like that. But part of the story says at 3 p.m. when teams could begin negotiating with free agents, the La- the Lakers placed their first call to Caruso and made their offer of seven million dollars a year. What st- uh, stood out to me about that is that they did it right at 3 p.m. So I like to know that this is a tamper free zone. I like to know that the Lakers and the Bulls are all playing on the level. Nobody here. Is tampering. But when his agent informed Caruso the Lakers would not match. the He got an offer of uh, four for 36 from the Bulls. Caruso asked his agent to call back with a compromise. Two years for 20. While the Bulls offer was slightly less than 10 million a year over four. Yeah, nine million. Slightly less than 10 million (laughs) is nine. Um, I'm almost certain. Uh, Only 30 million was guaranteed. So a 10 million dollar per year offering would have been commensurate. Again, the Lakers said no. The offer stayed at 21 million over three years and the moment calcified a perception that already existed faced with going deep into the luxury tax to retain one of their most valuable role players. The Lakers balked the Lakers were dealing with their own version of real life after building out their roster in the offseason, They took on $44 million in luxury tax, the highest tax bill in the league adding Caruso would have driven that number higher. It appears that paying players cost money. And the Lakers aren't in the business of spending money. They're in the business of begging for it. So I don't know what, I don't know what Caruso thought he was getting at. I don't know who he thought he was getting over on. Um, he said the franchise would have owed an additional 17 and in luxury tax. A fact the Lakers hoped would resonate with Caruso. <laughs> Why the fuck would that resonate with Alistair? <laughs> that one? What? Are you kidding me? Uh, Jam, I want you to know, um, Rudman had $500,000 in salary for you. I told him to burn it, but I did want to tell you this to know, like that's what they thought of you. I just set it on fire. He doesn't need it. He's fine. Um, but just know they thought highly of you. They thought very highly of you. You won't benefit from that at all. And anyway, no, (laughs) uh, But you like that, yes? That's what people like? Yeah, no, that sounds good. I would like to
1: continue uh, being employed by this podcast. That sounds wonderful. Did you also bring in a a guy who's uh, worse than me but makes uh, seven times what I'm making who's also contributing to the uh, tax bill?
0: Definitely. We definitely can. Um, Sign me up to back him up. (laughs) Even though this is the last quote I'll read, I just – that part killed me. Even though those tax dollars wouldn't land in his bank account, it did represent a total financial commitment greater than what the Bulls <laughs> paid, And in the Lakers mind, align their actual investment with his market value. Instead, they gave they three for 31 to the same nine, 10 million a year to Taylor Horton Tucker. And then they traded for Westbrook. I say like, it goes back to the money ball. These people are broke. The Lakers are so poor. (laughs) They didn't want to pay Caruso because, like, one, some rich guy owns, like, 30% of the Lakers, right? So we're already down to, like, 70%. They sold it off because they're poor. And then the rest of it is split between, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of bus children. I feel like there are four or five or six. And so any luxury tax payment they pay is less salary to them. Because this is their only, like, they're slum lords. That's how this work. When you're like a slum lord, the only income you have is from this. You just get to run it shitty. Um, I think there should be a rule. Like, I, I don't know if it, I don't know if you could say like n- net worth or whatever. But you got you got to have some money coming in from outside of this, man. Just like some Cincinnati Bengals shit. It stay in the family. They're never good. They never gonna be good. Um the Lakers, I mean, they, they still cook, but it, it just feels like this shouldn't be this hard. You're the Lakers. And now there's <laughs> no longer the Staples Center, um, which I... Has anyone well, checked on Bill Plaschke? Is Bill, <laughs> Bill Plaschke okay?
1: I I hope what, he is. He's been <laughs> had a terrible, terrible time. What uh, do we have? What, what, what Billy Boy had to say? Well, that's why the Lakers had to go. They had to sell... <laughs> They're naming rights to the Staples Center for seven hundred million dollars to Crypto.com just to sur- just to survive. I mean, the flag sales. Have you ever been out to L. A. and the see the mm-hmm. flags on the car? Mm-hmm. They gotta make at least seventeen million dollars a year just in flag sales alone.
0: That Lakers chains, uh, <laughs> like the the Lakers guy was just like Lakers. Um, <laughs> Putting a a LeBron
1: slash Kobe jersey on douchebag fans in every city. Have you ever seen one of those, a a combo jersey like that?
0: (laughs) Billy Boy's just not going for it. He says, losing Staples Center hurts. Losing the arena that is synonymous with Kobe Bryant hurts. Losing the name of the place where I witnessed some of the greatest L.A. sports moments over the last 20 years hurts. How could you just name a place (laughs) like that after something so stupid like crypto? You should name it after an Office Depot type store that many people don't know still exists. Um, staples wasn't some historical figure, or pioneer. He goes on to say, "Just an office supply store." We know, um, but it was a good <laughs> solid. It was a good solid arena name. Damn it, and it stuck. It was Kobe's Staples. It was Shaq's Staples. It was Lob City Staples. It was Candace's Staples. It was the Stanley Cup Trophy Staples. Staples was game sevens and icy overtimes and the WNBA birth, the rise of Clipper Nation, LOL, um, and one numbing memorial service where a Grieving World witnessed a weeping Michael Jordan. A wild sale for the Staples. Like you're just reading like the about section of the state. You know, Michael Jordan cried here once. Ooh. The
1: man from the meme?
0: <laughs> <laughs> they uh the, the guy with the jeans. Um, the building is still there. I get it. But its identity is gone, and so are the settings for so many memories. There's a reason Los Angeles embraces the unchanging names of Dodger Stadium, the Rose Bowl, and the Coliseum, because they don't have a fucking choice. Like (laughs) they have no say in the matter. Is that it? Um, But they tell us who we are. They show us where we've been. With today's disappearance of Staples Center, I'm feeling a little lost, and I know I'm not alone. End. The worst Twitter thread. This man has ever read uh, in his life, and I also want—I don't know when—I know the Lakers or excuse me, the Clippers are moving out. They bought the form tearing it down, which I love that move by your old by the Lakers <laughs> old shit just blow it up, man. yeah. But so now, how the Lakers going for? Uh, they are going to be trying to split rent with the Clippers in a couple of years, man? Like, hey, baby, come on, like we don't—we can just cohabitate. We don't have to like each other. Um, like, you got to pay the light bill every month. Well, I'm...
1: and they're not going to have any memories anymore because it's no yes. longer called the Staples Center. Like yes. it doesn't, it ca- it's like none of those things ever happened because yes. the name of the
0: building changed. Yeah, that's <laughs> is Los Angeles even still really a still a a place? I didn't know Staples Center had this kind of a uh, hold on people.
1: <laughs> Plashkey fucking thought that people would
0: have his back on this, yeah, this... one. He's like. <laughs> i know i'm not alone right guys (laughs) guys uh i don't i can't imagine anyone in la cares this much um no
1: the the kobe funeral wasn't special until it was in staples center without it being in staples center like that's what makes it a key memory just the events happening it's it's the dumbest fucking logic i've ever heard (laughs) just like what (laughs) The fact that it was called Staples made those moments, like, good for you. It wasn't the moments themselves. No. They're not knocking down the building. Like, I would maybe give some leeway if they're like, oh, we're tearing it down. It was some building that existed for a century. No. They're just changing it. Kobe still played there. They still had Lob City. The rise of Clipper Nation still happened.
0: Yeah um so no I, no actually no it did not happen as i <laughs> as i read uh per bill Cla- bill plaskey's words here okay so this goes into a i think pretty soon right i think they said like December, like because i remember thinking like why how was this not figured out before the season i know like a i feel like a lot of teams uh switched over before the season to say when this is happening i believe if not we'll just call it next season or whatever um yeah that feels right for okay, Christmas so say Day. For-
1: the logo is going to be revealed on Christmas Day.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I mean, if they just what if they just nail the logo and Bill Plasky is like, you know what? I was wrong. This is awesome. As it turns out, it's the same building. <laughs> um The crypt is kind of strong. You just like you can't. Your team can't suck if, if you're playing in a arena called the the, oh, the crypto.com bowl or whatever they're gonna call it um
1: it's gonna suck now i mean if they don't have uh a, a, a place to make copies
0: yeah yeah like you gotta am i i mean you let me know if i'm going too far i think any title the lakers won in the staples center i think they should give it back they should just refuse it Absolutely. under under protest am i bill do you i think bill's got my back uh well, it's no, good. they
1: have championship banners. They should put the Staples logo on those banners so people don't forget that this is the Staples Center.
0: Okay. I, now I think you're on to something there. Um, yeah, what a stupid thread. Uh, it, it, it <laughs> I laughed, but it also upset me. I was like, he's dead serious. He's, de- he, he's not having a good month. He talked that shit about the Dodgers versus the Braves and <laughs> Waffle House and the Braves rolled the fucking Dodgers cut down the net now staple center. So let's get Bill Plasky's belt and shoelaces away from him. Um, oh man, this,
1: this nostalgia, people love nostalgia. Yeah. That,
0: that's one thing I know about the old days is that you definitely remember them correctly. And they were definitely much, much, much better. Um, moving on to non shitty tweets. Um, <laughs> saw a good question. Posed by NAACP Youngboy, which is a great act. And so I will pose it to you. I don't know. He did. I wish he would have did a poll. Um, They said, who would you rather have on your team? Prime Clay or prime Draymond? What say you?
1: My immediate reaction is Draymond.
0: Okay, why?
1: Because he can be like they're both very good defenders, but Draymond is. Defensive player of the year, like quarterback of the defense style, like defender where he, like you can have a top five defense, probably will have a top five defense if Draymond's like playing prime Draymond. And like, I don't know, that
0: feels like a pretty good thing to have. Well, you're wrong. Um, No, that's, uh, I was like, huh, I went with clay, but I was like, that's a good question. Because I really did have to think like the prime for Draymond, I had to. look I was like, okay, what? What is each of their prime? Draymond's prime. I looked at three-year peaks for both of them. Three All-Star games, one second team, one third team, two first-team All Defenses, one second-team All Defense, and he won a Defensive Player of the Year. So for three years straight, he was twelve points, eight boards, seven assists, with three steals and blocks combined. He shot fifty-three percent from two, 33 percent from three. 72 percent from free throw. So not not the god awful like offensive player he is now. Twelve, eight and seven with elite. Def- I said it at the time and I stand by it. Kawhi Leonard won a defensive player of the year when he played like I think like 61 or 62 games. And I think Draymond that year played 80. And it's like I don't think the gap in between them was that big. So I think Draymond should have two defensive player of the years, if not three. Like, I, I, I think I voted for him last year. Um, but now he has one and Rudy Gobert has three. So that's upsetting. But Clay, Clay's three-year peep three all-star games, two third teams. So he's never made a second team, which Draymond I, I don't know. I don't know if I remember that at all. It's like second team. That's that's rare air. Um, but Clay's 22 points, three boards, two assists, one and a half steals and blocks a game, 50% on two, 43% on three on eight attempts a game, 87% from free throw. And since he has been in the NBA, Klay Thompson has never shot below 40% from 3. Never. Not like not a not a 38.9, not one season where like man, what in that year he shot 35? He's never been below 40%. That's why I took Klay. Like I he's not I mean, admittedly not the defender, but he's good enough and it's I think some people were taking this like adding it on like you're like who would you rather add to the Celtics?
1: Probably Klay Thompson.
0: See, that's I was like, if you the <laughs> people are taking it like, are they who would I rather add to the Bulls? I was like, if you add prime Klay Thompson, like the Grizzlies right now, I don't know if they lose a game. I like, feels like exactly what they need, but I also feel like if you add prime Draymond Green to like those Blazers team, like two three years ago, where he would just be doing the facilitating to Dame and CJ and. They wouldn't be like the worst defense in history. It's like that's a pretty good player to it. But I ultimately went with Clay. But now I'm, I'm really rethinking it, man. I really don't. Uh... Nah, it's still Clay Thompson. I think I'd go with Clay Thompson. I feel like Clay, this is a classic
1: uh, take speak, uh, mm. but Clay is a, uh, a floor raiser.
0: Mm. Like he's just,
1: uh, you're not going to be. Like, he's just very solid all around, great shooter, solid defender. But Draymond is a ceiling raiser. Like, mm-hmm. he can take you from a pretty good team to a championship-level team just because he can be the kind of that main cog on defense.
0: Points were made. Counterpoint. I think Draymond's a floor raiser just because – I mean, if you're going to put mm. – Like, again, there's just only so bad the defense is going to be and as much as i love clay thompson like if you put him on the like a bad team right now they'd still suck cuz he can't dri- like it's fine but he can't dribble and his defense matters a lot less if draymond's not behind like to a lot of it, their defense all works because dr- like you're funneling it to draymond and he's going to make the right decision every single time he can switch out he knows when to switch out knows when not to he knows where he's supposed to be he knows where you're supposed to be he knows where they're supposed to be but I think I'd still go Clay Thompson, man. He's never shot below forty percent. I can't get over that. Not one bad year, none, never. Doesn't, never considered it. Even Steph had like the five, the year he played five games that was low, but he had another one in the thirties, like thirty-eight. Uh, he sucks, is what I'm getting at. Um, <laughs> never been below forty. So it just feels like, hey, you drop him on any team right now, like who? Like you said, the Celtics cannot shoot. You drop Clay Thompson on there. I mean, what's stopping Brad Stevens for trading for Prime Clay? What's what's stopping him for trading for 2016 through 2019, Clay Thompson? What I mean, really? Uh, the GM Association is holding his, holding his- <laughs> <laughs> Brad. You can't trade for players in the past.
1: You'll be hearing from my <laughs>
0: lawyer about this. To-
1: What's wild is that um, Bob Myers has never had to make a decision: prime player, prime Draymond. He just got both of them, and had Steph Curry, like,
0: <laughs> and and Andre Iguodala. No, they signed Kevin Durant. Man, it's, it's unreal that this team signed Kevin Durant. And I said to kind of go back to like the owners' thing. I don't know how, like Joe Lacob. He's a billionaire. They're all billionaires. Since he's got there, they've been cooking. Since Steve Ballmer got to the Clippers, they've been cooking. And the Clippers and Warriors, like, I know you remember, like, growing, both of them laughing and stop. Like, just not, not serious at all. Not serious organizations at all. And then, like, probably, I was going to say five years, probably take 10 to 15 years, like, once they get their own stadium and all, I was like, it's really going to be people who don't remember the Clippers just being ass. Because <laughs> Ballmer, I don't Feel, he's the best owner in basketball like is that a stretch to say i feel like anything they's wanted he's like oh yes okay do it i'll put like I, I don't care a new building fuck yeah i want more steve Ballmers. i want less bus family operations dan gilbert terrible human being allegedly allegedly maybe that's a slander maybe not um
1: no no that seemed pretty well established
0: okay well then fuck him um Paid the luxury tax every single year LeBron came back. Like again, it I feel like that's all that's all you want. You think he wanted to pay like an extra 72 million to keep like Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith? <laughs> Probably not. But he was like, yeah, this is part of it. They won. It was worth it. I'm sure he'd do it again. And instead, we get the Tillman for T. Like, can can all the brokies go in and own like one team? <laughs> I think that's where I'm leaning now.
1: It's kind of wild that paying money for players leads to good results. It's wild, man, and I. You know, it's very funny though. I'm looking at it right now. I'll pull it up. It's a list of all the luxury tax payments that's been I think, since they put it into existence in 2002. Oh, and the I'll leader in here. I like this. The leader of most luxury tax payments is the New York Knicks, and it has not worked for them.
0: No, but I, again. <laughs> If you're, I don't know, this goes back to 2002. I don't know when Dolan got in, to be fair. I oh, he's been there for a while. I, was like, I, I think, think he's been, been but I, I know he's not like a, he had known him like 80 years or whatever. The man, like, what, what do you want? Like, what? <laughs> you want your owner to not be embarrassing or you want him to spend some money? Because they're definitely going to be embarrassed. Like, that's just... That's just spending money has
1: never been the Knicks' issues. It's just spending money on Evan Fournier and ruining your defense. That's like uh, they're spending money on the wrong guys.
0: Hey, 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 Kimber ruined that defense too. Have some, have yeah, some, they, hmm. they got him uh, for a steal. <laughs> <laughs> Let me scroll over if you can. Does it have like the total amounts everybody has paid? Yes. Here we go. So that's in millions. So here, the Knicks have paid the most, they have paid $248 million in luxury tax over the years what i'm just gonna look up i don't know james dolan's net worth um i know it's high i know it's james dolan net worth they have it at two billion dollars two oh two and a half Excuse, excuse me big dog um this just and this is over a course of 20 years and i again i he probably dumb for paying to some of the first. The Knicks were never a championship contender team. They, he was throwing money away. Um, but at least he he paid the five, man. We see like the Thunder. The teams in the like the lowest valuation is like they're the Kings and they're the Thunder and they're the like the teams that are not the Pelicans. Like the, the franchise that consistently are not serious. What year did the Pistons pay the luxury tax? Oh, it must the year be year right after their championship. Before? Yeah, before. They, they paid a twelve dollar luxury tax. Uh, it said never again. 7, they paid seven hundred sixty thousand. Which you bet they were fucking furious that they uh, had yeah. to like. They had, had to Caesar give Chauncey pop Phillips pop. an extra
1: fifty thousand dollars. They're like, this is going to cost us seven hundred thousand dollars in yeah. luxury tax. We're gonna have to move out of Detroit again.
0: Well, yeah, uh, sell all our little Caesar stock, guys. We're done. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, the Pelicans and Hornets have never paid
1: a luxury tax.
0: You Michael, Michael Jordan. <laughs> you mean Michael Jordan hasn't uh, opened up the clutch? And it, that's what's going to be interesting. Because, like, right now, they have a team, like, to be a factor. I was going to say, like, a contender, but a factor that could grow into a contender. It's time to pay Miles Bridges after the season. That's a lot of money. LaMelo, I was going to say far away, but you can can pay him after next year. And I feel like it'll be one of those. It'll be here before you know it. Um, Terry just got paid. So is Jordan going to pay the five? Historically, he is not. But to his credit, historically, none of these teams have been worth it. So. He's just not gonna do it. I just like Miles Bridges matched. is
1: gonna get a max offer and George is not gonna match it and be like, I can for basketball reasons, he wasn't the competitor. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it just feels and it's not his fault, but he's George's gonna be like, I played 20 years, I made fifty-two dollars over my 20 years, and I gotta cut a check right now to pay extra for the players I'm already paying. That just doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. Meanwhile, Steve Ballmer's like 760. I had a $760,000 breakfast. Of course I'll pay the like, <laughs> tell him, keep the chain. Like, do we have to tip it? Give him a 25% tip on that. Um, now I want the, I don't know where, but the brokies, let's get like Clay Bennett who owns Oklahoma city, the buses, Tillman for uh, all of them just get to own one team. And if you're that person, it's like, well, we we couldn't. I got a lot of this. I, I, Alonzo Ball's not worth the contract he got. It's like, okay. So you trade him for less and then replace him with a worse player because it's less money. Okay. Y'all can all root for the, whatever shitty team the brokey's on. on. Um, they'll never win. They'll save money. So the nerds will be happy. The fans will be happy. And we never have to hear from them again. I'll be happy. Baby boy of the week. What? Baby boy of the week. It's time for baby boy of the week, Jam. Oh yes, oh yes. A lot of contenders, a lot of candidates, but one above, one stood above. Brandon Boston Jr., hmm. formerly formerly known as BJ Boston. I do like when he went into Kentucky. They asked, you know, is it Brandon or BJ? And he said, like, I think it was Brandon on the court, BJ off of it. Or I might have that flip. <laughs> now I think it's just Brandon. Like, last year, his year at Kentucky was so bad, he's like, don't like, don't call me. BJ. Just Brandon. Brandon's fine. Um, He played 13 minutes all season for the Clippers. Second-round pick for the Clippers. I uh, played 13 minutes all season. Came in Tuesday night. Had himself a game. 20 minutes. Four for seven from the field. 2 for 4 from 3, got to the line 3 times, made all 3. 13 points, 4 boards, assist and a steal. And the Clippers, maybe this is where Balmers skimping. I don't know if they have like a training staff. Like Kawhi's hurt, okay. Abaka just came back. He was out for a long time, man. Like Marcus Morris is out, Terrence Mann's hurt, Batum's hurt, Winslow's hurt, Keon Johnson, their first round pick is hurt. And they just kind of keep rolling. They just kind of keep rolling. I also, learned that Brandon Boston always, since middle school, has played with a dollar in his shoe because uh, he's money, baby. I like that. I like I like stuff like that.
1: A sack of or a, a paper dollar?
0: I think it's just a hundred pennies. <laughs> I think he keeps he keeps fifty pennies under the sole of each uh, of each shoe. I don't know if he had it last. Like Kentucky must have been like a cash free campus last <laughs> year because it, it just was not a uh, can't not handle a good, cash in the pandemic. No. Yeah, it, yeah, we were. We really had everyone's best interest in mind. That's why we weren't winning games. Um, But the way he got, like, he just looks, he looked more athletic. He looks stronger. He looks quicker. The handle's a little tighter. He could always get to his spots at Kentucky. He just couldn't get, like, he'd get to his spots, but the defender would get there too. Um, Now he's getting some separation. He got the pedigree, went to high school in L.A. with uh, Wade's kid, LeBron's kid. Tyloo is a good very good coach, I would say. I think it's fair to say. He got some veterans on that team, like the way Batum helped Terrence Mann. And I think the Clippers get at least a little credit in, like, they Terrence Mann in the second round, they turned him into something. Got Batum and Reggie Jackson off the scrap heap. Turned them into valuable cont- uh, contributors. Got Zubok for nothing. Isaiah Hartenstein's giving really good minutes right now. So I think he'll get some time to develop instead of being asked to be number one. Uh, Like he was last year. But as you show, when you call on him, he's ready to bust the Spurs ass. I'm proud of you, Brandon. You're doing great. You're doing great. And a couple of picks before we get out of here. Um, Boy, everything I said last week about the Dolphins and Ravens was wrong. They could not have whooped the Ravens ass anymore. I was like, "I, I don't think he'll play that much. He played Lamar Jackson played a lot. He didn't play well. That was the part I did not uh, <laughs> did not factor that part in um, tonight. Who's that,
1: not, who's that white tight end who
0: had zero catches? And you picked him uh, over five? <laughs> Mike Gesicki. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Um, but I don't learn my lesson, so I'm back at it again.
1: Oh, we got a white tight end on the Patriots. Of,
0: of course you do. You think Bill Belichick? Come on, man. Um, tonight's game. We got Patriot. Uh, yeah, pull up our picks if we can. We got Patriots are in town, playing uh, the Atlanta Falcons, who were playing pretty decent ball. Got absolutely smoked last week. I do not think they're playing particularly well, but I'm I, I'm just scared to say it, man. I just don't know anymore. Um, here we go. I had, to, I had to. I got to lock these in first. I, I've learned it. If I don't. If I record before I pick, the, the wrist team gets shaky. So I lock it in first. Kyle Pitts. Over 60 yards. I don't really have any justification. I just want to. I want to root for Kyle Pitts to get a lot of. I think he had 62 and like 60 the last couple games. So, yes, you'll definitely want to go under there. Again, promo code Trill. More importantly, Fade Trill hashtag fade Trill Pomo, promo code Trill to get in the game, fade Trill to make you some dollar bills. Pitts over 60 receiving yards. Kendrick Bourne, who Nick Rudman says is the best free agent wide receiver acquisition ever. I heard him say that. Um, we're reading the steak dinner, he just he wouldn't stop bringing it up. Um, <laughs> over like 38- 38.
1: gushing out of his mouth. Have you heard Kendrick
0: Bourne? <laughs> He was on the stairmaster at the time. I don't know. I don't know why I agreed to go to such a dinner. Um Kendrick Bourne over 38 and a half. He's been playing well. 38 doesn't feel like a lot. Um, the Falcons actually have a pretty decent secondary, but i hopefully they'll put the number one on I don't know, Jacoby, one of the other non-Randy Moss receivers that the Patriots have. So I'll go Kendrick Bourne over 38 and a half. And this is this is the fun one. Uh Fun in terms is going to piss me off and have me upset, irrationally upset for for hours. Matt Ryan, uh, plus 1.5 yards rushing over Matt Jones. (laughs) Neither of these guys are scramblers, you understand. This may, in fact, be one of the slowest quarterback uh, matchups in history. I'm going Matt Ryan, plus 1.5. There it is. Yeah, lock in Jones. Um, bet the house on it. I Game feel very strongly about um, um,
1: all th- fading all three of your picks
0: mm-hmm, as well. You should lock that in.
1: This is the oh. last three dollars in my account, so I, I gotta <laughs> win this one.
0: Yeah, you listen. You're in there, uh, and we. I mean, we got some basketball too. It 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 really don't feel the same without Thursday night TNT, though. I'm still adjusting to the Tuesday night, um, Haps, but. Ja Morant is taking on the Clippers uh, by himself, not as a team, uh, but over one and a half blocks and steals. He can get it. One steal, one block, two steals. Like, come on, please? Please? Um, I'm going over there. Tyrese Maxey, they're playing Denver under one and a half turnovers. He's just generally pretty careful with the ball. Looking forward to him nine turnovers. And Darius Garland, they're playing Golden State. Very good team, but over twenty points. I feel like like Evan Mobley's out, Sexton's out, marketing's out. I I mean, Ricky Rubio is the best player on the planet, but he still needs a sidekick. So I, I think Garland. I think he hit twenty there.
1: Did you see the guy last night who tweeted at me, you and Coley, and said Darius Garland's got
0: to be an All Star? I <laughs> I did not see that, but if he hits this, I will start that wagon with with that gentleman. And if he doesn't. I'll root against him for the rest of his career. That's the beauty of this. That's the beauty of this. It, it's, it's relatively low stakes. And all the win-win. Either way, somebody's getting slandered. Um, but, yeah, I locked those in. Garland over 20 points. Morant over one and a half steals in box. Tyrese Maxey under one and a half turnovers. And lastly, I would be remiss if I did not say RIP to Young Doll. One of my my absolute favorites, um, killed yesterday or killed Wednesday in Memphis, leaves a wife, two children. But I point this out to say he there are still ways to support. He there's the Ida May organization view item uh, he started it in honor of his grandmother and says their mission is to address the needs of the community by offering programs and philanthropic activities. They'll enhance the quality of life by creating opportunities for lifelong learning, personal growth and development and preservation of the community culture. So item a You can go there, see the good work they're doing. Maybe you throw them a little. Listen, fade whiskers. Get that money Buy yourself. Uh, a well done steak and lobster dinner with some of it. Maybe you throw item a May uh, the other half, like the entire board of directors. It's all like. Her grandkids, her kid, like people that are, I think, are committed to doing uh, good work. And also, his wife has an organization, uh, fresh, uh, fresh start kids, kids with a Z. Let's not uh, get that mixed up. Fresh start kids, it's providing parents with information to start instilling healthy eating habits in kids, which is going to be very essential. Um, if you ju- you ever like read any of those things, where it's like, we didn't used to be this fat. <laughs> and it's like you know we're gonna be much fatter in the future and it's like yeah that that tracks um so if you are so inclined item org or freshstartkids.org r.i.p to young Dolph. and i may i don't know we may i have to listen to may have you add something to the intro just having Dolph yell something uh Maybe before or after the Hugo part. I don't know. We'll figure out the deets, uh, details on that. But that'll do it for this week. For myself. For Jam. For Underdog. And for you. I'll take the liberty of signing off for you. Um, as I have a microphone and you don't. Thank you for listening. R. P. to Young Dolph. And we'll catch you next time.